Hey guys, you're listening to RJ and Austin's Mindset Matters, a podcast that explores the nuances of aspiring and successful entrepreneurs. We're two real estate investors that quit our jobs by challenging the mindset society teaches in school and overcoming traditional limiting beliefs. Join us each week as we dive into the mindset of an entrepreneur. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Mindset Matters with the RJ and Austin. Got some super exciting things going on. Today's going to be the first episode with a guest. He's a dear friend of mine. But as you know, we uh, Austin and I always start with what's going on, man? What's going on in your world right now? Yeah, everything's good, RJ. So it's uh, April 8th, 2022. We're uh, doing this podcast on a Friday. Um, I started doing some off-market uh, marketing right now through some campaigns in Hollywood, and uh, I hope to have a another Airbnb under contract, hopefully tomorrow morning or tomorrow night. So looking forward to that, uh, moving the needle forward every day, man. And what about you? Awesome. Hollywood, Florida, by the way. Everybody. Yeah, Hollywood, Florida. Not much. We're well into the flip. We're looking like we're going to wrap everything up early Early May uh, market by mid to late May, 150K rehab. Floors are being installed in first coat of Polly's putting on today. Everything's done. I'm super excited at the progress and even more excited at the outcome. Yeah, so. dude, you guys, you guys are definitely killing it right now. <clears throat> so before we bring on our, our guests real quick, I just want to note one thing. So me and RJ, we talked offline about a week ago and we... We, we're starting this new segment right now. So it's going to be um, investors that are under 30 that have over 30 units um, total in their portfolio for the next five episodes. So it's just something to look forward to. So I just wanted to mention that. And um, I guess, RJ, you can go ahead and take it away and bring on our uh, first guest. Awesome. So our guest today, a uh, close friend of mine, Nelson Lin. He's a friend, business partner. We came into multifamily together. I saw him grow up and then he left the nest because now he's in Austin, Texas, but he's coming to us live today from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, Nelson Lynn started his investing career in Chicago. We have a couple syndications together. Uh, I saw him, you know, purchase his first uh, multifamily and then exit. And now he's doing huge things. Just bought 96 in Jacksonville, Florida. I'll let him talk about that. So Nelson, what's up? How are you? Oh, what's good. I am in Jacksonville. Like you said, I don't actually live here. So I'm actually like sitting on the curb, like a drunk (laughs) girl, just, uh, I'm only like one beer and tears away from becoming that, but stop. At least your phone didn't get stolen. Thank you. That's true. Good uh, fun story. I had a friend who lost his phone at a Publix. And then when I called, they're like, hey, come pick it up. Customer service. I want to go pick it up. And then they had given it to the wrong. So, you know, fun story. Fun times. That's uh, fun times. Yeah. It's, uh, other than that, we were here looking at apartment complexes. We had a, a package of 200 units that were off market that we were looking at. And a few that were on market that we might purchase soon. So it's me exciting stuff. So. Uh, Austin burst the bubble there a little bit. Uh, so apparently you're under 30 and you have over 30 units. So 
why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how you started, how you got into investing in real estate? Well, while RJ was complimenting himself um, the entire <laughs> time, he is by and large part of the reason I got involved. I'm 27. A few years ago, RJ helped me buy my first four unit that he also eventually helped me sell. And then in between, I tried to rehab the four units one at a time. And then everything that I eventually fell my face on, I was like, RJ, can you please help me? I'm desperate. And so he helped clean up a lot of the work that I wasn't able to do on my own. And, um, you know, it, if it weren't for uh, his help, I wouldn't have been able to get to my first, through my first four properties. I didn't know you were going to say that. So let me. Uh, of course on. you did. <laughs> no, actually, I, actually, <laughs> I, I, I didn't, but that's awesome. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> and so RJ by and large is a mentor. Um, uh, I still consider him a mentor. Uh, and we were going to work on a three unit together. Actually, at the time, he was going to take the majority portion. It was just a small three unit. And he said, and, and so what had happened was, though, I had two friends who I didn't really pitch them. They were just like, Nelson, can you take our money? We want to be a part of this, too. At which point, RJ was like, how are you finding money like this and i was like what are you talking about i worked in tech and i graduated from school in new york all my friends in finance this is uh play money you know <laughs> so from there uh he brought on more people we got into bigger projects we did 18 then we did 54 and then i flew the coop because chicago was too cold for me and so now i'm buying in other places um, and i'm based in austin now but i buy in florida i'm looking in texas Atlanta and, uh, and, and keep an eye on Chicago as well. Still. So I run a group called subtle Asian real estate as well. We hit 14,000 people recently. Um, we sold out of our conference, which is going to be 200 people. And we do these crazy field trips where we fly out 60 people at a time to a city. To look I'm going to, I'm going to stop you there because I want to give you a huge applause for what you were able to accomplish. So Nelson runs the subtle Asian real estate group. It is comprised of over 13,000 national members. It is insane. He reached over 10,000 members in the first year organic. And now they sell out conferences. They do field trips nationally. And he hosts a, is it weekly, uh, a weekly Zoom meeting? bi-weekly zoom meeting um we have a uh, 400 signups on our next class so that's going to be yeah. exciting that's insane so that is really really amazing stuff so to unpack it there he started in a typical owner occupy house hack he came to chicago wanted to understand how to get into the multi-family investing game and nelson where did you and i meet multi-family meetup club that rj runs <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for that but that's not the point the point is nelson was out there networking he wanted to do something and realized hey books podcasts all that stuff's not going to get me to where i want to be i have to meet people that are actually doing it. so he came to our meetup and that's you know, the point there is that's where we've met a lot of our partners. That's where I met Austin. That's where we met some of the other syndicators that we're doing deals with. So that's amazing stuff. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. No, can, can we jump into and dive into the, um, 
the Asian meetup that you, that you started. So what was your whole idea behind starting this meetup? What, what were you looking to accomplish? Um, were you looking to um, get back or looking to grow your network? It was, supposed to, be, um, it was supposed to be a really dope meme page. That was the plan. Um, and then instead of memes, everyone was like, how do I get started? And so I pivoted. Um, okay. The group is still has memes. We're a little more meme now because we convince a lot more people to start buying real estate. Uh, one thing we've actually been doing is, uh, so this is kind of like give back to the community. Um, we weren't making money for a long time on this. We were just telling people, hey, you need help? We know a broker in this area. Let's connect you. And then I actually did like Zoom walkthroughs with people and uh, help them, you know, pick and decide what like rehab they should do and the budget. All of which I learned from RJ, by the way. And so that uh, the first person we helped uh, was her name was Susan, and she was in North Carolina. And so when we helped her close, I realized, oh, there's a lot of people who want the same thing. Uh, and since then, we've helped a couple dozen people buy homes, like their first investment property, which is honestly the most exciting part. We've convinced, well, we tricked people into quitting their job and going full time into real estate. But the first one, North Carolina, stuck with me. And we liked it so much that we actually, that was our first field trip. We uh, had 15 people fly out to that one. And then we had five people close on homes afterwards. So I was like, wow, this is useful. So then we did Texas. Texas, we had 40 people fly out, you know, a third closed on that. And now we had 60 people fly out to Atlanta. And so we're expecting about 20 people to close. I think so far we've had uh, 10 closing. I haven't kept track as well, uh, just because it's been pretty recent. So... I didn't um, know. I didn't know five people closed. That was the North Carolina where we met up, right? It. That's correct. Um, there's Tenzing. Sorry, I'm like pausing because I'm waiting for cars to pass by. <laughs> You're good. Uh, yeah, Tenzing was one person who closed, and then um, Howe, and then there was also my memory is not as good. It's all good. The but fact I'll, I'll, is that you had five people close, and that's amazing. I was yeah. also at the first conference. There was about was. 90 people there. San Jose is wild. Yeah. And so we tried a 2X this year, but we also sold out again the first day. And so we have 220 people coming and we're negotiating with the hotel to give us more space just because <laughs> we weren't expecting so much demand. And so um, one thing that uh, we've been really sticking to is a zero to one philosophy. Um, the people I've been bringing on are hires. Um, volunteers the the goal is really get people from zero to one my origin story is something similar my mom had a fifth grade education uh, she doesn't know real estate her idea of investing was used by a single family home in cash i was like i don't think that's how that works you know and so um i actually had a period three months between school ending and then uh my work starting where i just went through every book you know bigger pockets other guides but you know it's like you can get 80% of the knowledge just from learning yourself, but the last 20% that's the most influential and the most important, that's talking to other people who've done it before who can guide you through it. And that's where RJ came in and helped me close exactly. at the time. Yeah, that was, that was a really good nugget. I just want to take a second to, to touch on that because everybody can read all these podcasts on these books, but um, sometimes you need that shove and that little push to, to get the ball rolling. Right. So finding that correct mentor, um, is definitely a huge pivotal moment. So with Nelson finding RJ, it um, definitely gave him that final push that, um, that she needed, right? Yep. And so um, that's kind of like the best uh, advice I can give. 
uh, find a mentor. Some people pay for them. I mean, I got RJ, luckily. <laughs> I, I kind of paid them with GC fees, technically, right? <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. It's a similar story with Austin, actually, how we connected. Yeah, I think it's... When did uh when did you buy your first uh your first uh four flat? Do you remember when you closed? 2019. 2019. Okay. Yep. So, um and then the year after that, we did the 18 unit and then 6 months after that we did 54 and then 6 months after that I did 92, you know. So, I've been not double every single time. Trying to do 200 now, right? So, <laughs> big, so, big, big. so since we're down that hole, um Obviously, your business model has changed. So what does it look like today? And where are you moving towards for the future? So the Asian meetup group was, and again, it's open all. We, we started off Subtle Asian Real Estate. It's still open and all. We ended up uh, growing past what we thought we could. And so the goal is just to keep education as free as possible, but really encourage collaboration, partnership, and getting people to just take that first leap which is the most important part of it. There's a study a while back where there's obviously racial differences in net worth. And a lot of that can be closed by purchasing a house. Real estate equity would often close the gap. And so, you know, that's something that kind of drives me is, you know, closing, building net worth for people and uh, helping them get to the next level, right. To achieve higher goals, bigger goals. And so um, right now my strategy is just keep scaling up my real estate meetup group. But at the same time, I actually have to feed myself, and that's where the apartment uh, syndication projects come in. The strategy hasn't changed, but I am shifting markets, um, getting the places that are easier to operate in, and eventually uh, I'm actually getting to development. So we're working on a 300-unit new development in Austin soon, so that's going to be really exciting. Uh, That's going to be the first asset that isn't a value add. In my opinion, at the end of the day, I, I don't like necessarily value add real estate. A lot of times we're not really benefiting society, in my opinion. We're arbitraging value by finding stuff on discount and then raising the cost of living right. uh, for you know a substantial number of people. And so ideally, you know, at least development, you're always creating new units, right? Or, you know, affordable housing. So that is the longer term goal. But obviously, value add real estate is a safe asset. It's a really good investment vehicle. And so um, I'm using it as a stepping stone to build up to better, bigger impact. So that actually brought me to a question that I never hear get asked in, in any of these real estate podcasts. It's what is your niche as an operating partner? Because, you know, people always talk about what they acquired, their journey, et cetera. But the audience never doesn't understand that there's actually lanes that you provide value in. So what's your background and where where do you provide the most value? So C and D class properties is something that we've done in Chicago. Um, the one in Florida, it's also C properties. Um, that's kind of the demographic that has the highest cash I mean, flow. So let me let me stop part. let me stop you. I mean, as an operating partner, which sort of nudges your background, your history as a data scientist. That question got triggered because you were talking about operating other markets, talking about certain studies, you know, the the gap in in wealth. Right. And so my what, background 
is uh, data science. Right now I consult data science for a few commercial hedge funds, uh, the biggest of which is uh, Brookfield Asset Management, which is the public, uh, biggest public traded real estate company uh, in the world at the moment. I build machine learning models that I went to school for, and now I do predictive modeling for a lot of these larger companies who can afford it. This gives me a bit of a leverage because I get data to people who own the most real estate in the world. Most of the time when you encounter something like Zillow, any Joe Schmo can add their data to it. It doesn't mean it's good data. Whereas if you have company, one company who owns all their properties and they self-manage, you all of a sudden get a different level and you get clearer data, more accurate data. And so I've been building models for them. For example, we also have a Z estimate model, but our error is within half of what Zillow is getting just because the data is better and it's a more targeted asset class. So awesome. uh, that's what I think Arju is alluding to. Yes. Uh, I, I do math and somehow it paid <laughs> off. <laughs> awesome, man. So, awesome. Yeah. 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 Can we touch on uh, one thing real quick? So um, your, your mindset, it, so it shifted a couple of different times as you progress as a real estate investor. So when you graduated college and you were shifting towards investing in real estate, what was that pivotal moment where you realized real, real estate was the best option for your future? And then where was the mind shift when you started going from small uh, two or four flats to larger, larger deals? Could you talk about those two points? Um, yeah, I think everyone goes into real estate starting with the scarcity mindset because your first objective and the reason you go into real estate is how do I minimize my costs at every corner? How do I cut you know, expenses at every corner? And so while that is a good lifestyle for some people, um, for me, I spent a year sleeping on my floor in the basement only to realize you know, my mental health, I think, matters a lot more than I thought it would. And it actually affects my productivity. And so now I've realized, okay, I should increase my baseline for expenses, but I should really be focusing on revenue generation, right? If I can generate bigger revenue, build bigger, go bigger, I don't have to deal with house hacking with a person who was uh, a, a literal uh, skinhead Nazi. Uh, RJ met him, he, he yeah. dealt with him. And then another person who was actually a heroin addict I was house hacking yeah. with these people, by the way. So it's not like I got to avoid them. It was like they were living right above me as I was in the basement. Um, <laughs> and so there are things like that where I just realized, all right, the stress of being my own self-manager isn't worth it. How do I get out of this space? Think bigger, right? And RJ was uh, extremely helpful for that. He pulled together the partners for it. Um, you know, I helped find money, do math. And then, you know, RJ figured out rehab and uh, how to... <laughs> And then the people who were brokers who could find uh, properties and, you know, that just kind of kept taking us bigger and bigger. And so since then, I've really kind of focused on how do I not trap myself within the same mindset and keep scaling up just because it's a better way to live life instead of fearing everything yeah. could go wrong. That was what I was sort of alluding to that when people think about real estate, they don't think about the, the different arms that you could go down. So just like you said, you did numbers, you found deals, we created the partnership. I moved forward in the construction because that's something that you didn't like to do or weren't very productive at. So there's different lanes that you could do. 
yeah. uh, whether it's capital raising, finding the deals, closing the deals, doing the maintenance rehab. And that's what I sort of meant there. I've never heard that. I don't, maybe I don't listen to the podcast, but. Yeah, man, you were you originally, and the same thing happened to me. I was, you were limiting your, your mindset to what you could possibly do. And then when you opened up those gates, all these different possibilities came up and you started doing larger deals. And I feel like that's what a lot of people get held back on is what if I buy this first, I don't know, duplex, triplex, and it doesn't work out. They're thinking too small. You need to think bigger. As you think bigger, more, more revenue comes and it allows you to get out of that house hack. Right. And, and just creates a better life for you. So I'm, I'm curious, what neighborhood in Chicago did you have the, uh, the heroin attic above you? <laughs> I was uh, East Avondale, so okay. not the, it's it's like North, or not East Avondale, sorry, uh, West Avondale, so it's Northwest Logan Square towards Hermosa. I was like, I was pretty much away from like Pulaski Street, I think. I was one block away from Pulaski. Yeah. Uh, correct. So, so your, your experience was kind of similar to mine. It, mine was kind of bad. So I was on, um, near West side and the edge of East Garfield and RJ came over one day to, uh, do some construction in my, in my basement. And he, he got ran off by the local gang outside him and his worker, man. And they didn't want to come back for work for like a week. I'm just like, RJ, I need to get this done, man. I got tenants that are supposed to move in. <laughs> well, let's get one thing straight. I would have come back. My guys didn't yeah. want to come back. Yeah, let me take that back. RJ came back the next day, but he came out, came back by himself. I was like, man, this is a lot of work for one guy. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody wanted to work after that. Never enough. That was during RJ. the BLM. Uh, it was uh, during the BLM stuff. Uh, there was a lot of riots. It was like when George Floyd happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my guys, uh, one of the guys got their van window smashed in on the highway. There's a lot of racial tension over there between Hispanics and blacks because there was some gang stuff going on too. So we got run off because I had Hispanic workers and it was a black neighborhood. They almost broke my truck window. It, it was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but the point is think bigger and um, you don't have to put yourself in those situations anymore. So yeah. Right. Yeah. The one thing that I just heard, I was at the syndication conference, real estate radio guys, love them. And they said, you know, you got to think bigger because when you buy a three or four unit, you buy yourself a job. So unless you have those types of operations scaled, you're just buying yourself a job. So no matter where you go, you got to scale. I have an Airbnb in Austin and I spend more time on that than I do the 92 unit. So exactly. No, son. So how do you stay motivated each day to, to buy these larger deals? Do you have a certain routine that you follow every day or a checklist or. Yeah. I woke up, I wake up at noon, smoke some crack and then I get ready for, uh, (laughs) I get ready to go on Facebook for eight hours straight. Um, I, I don't have a routine. I think it's pretty bad. Uh, when you're an entrepreneur, it's hard to stay motivated because you don't have people to tell you, hey, you got to clock in from nine to five. And so I was really lost for a few months when I first quit my job and thought I was going to go in real estate full time. Uh, and so what's happened is now uh, I wake up 
take a cold shower, do the hardest thing in the morning. And then that gives me the energy to do the other things in the rest of my day. That being said, I also only do that 50% of the time. The other half of the time I mope and I stay in my bed thinking, oh no, oh no, the sky is falling. Uh, what if interest rates kill cap rates and all of a sudden all the valuations go down, all my investors hate me and also my friends and family invest in this. So now I can't have friends anymore with them. And so there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that shifts every single day. But what keeps me sane is mastermind uh, groups are helpful. Uh, shout out to my master bros. Um, there's a group of under 30s also who I chat with. There are these guys, uh, Abe and Ryan, who I first met actually two and a half years ago when I was living in the basement, uh, starting my meetup group, Sarah meetup group. Uh, they had just moved to Reno, also quit their tech jobs at like Google and Amazon to wholesale real estate in Reno. Um, two years later, uh, they retired. <laughs> they just turned 20. They're, they're 25 and they uh, went into commercial. And uh, I, I can give this some of the details. So basically, they bought an industrial building for like $7 million. It appraised at 8 And they re-signed a lease and now it's worth 20 So that gives you an idea of all the profits to be shared. They're very happy with the returns. And uh, we're going to be celebrating Croatia for a week-long party because that's what happens when you hand a seven-figure check to a bunch of 25-year-olds. Is that uh, us crying over spilt milk? Anyway, <laughs> we got to wrap up. We are not on the pro account with Zoom. Loved having you on, Nelson. <laughs> we got to have you back on. Also, I really love that post about um, with Abraham in the Sarah group. So if you could connect us, I think that would be a great person to have on yeah on the, the episodes as well yeah. so yeah you guys need sponsors get that zoom yes. pro exactly well we're yeah. gonna get you back on for another 40 minutes how about that <laughs> we're, we're gonna i'm gonna steal that time for you I this is how you pay me back here for an hour i love this all right <laughs> and uh all right nelson where can uh where can our listeners find you oh uh you can just google nelson lynn i'll be the first page um, but if you want to find the private Facebook group, it's just called Subtle Asian Real Estate. Um, again, everyone is open to that. And then if you want to invest in my products, I have a website. It's assets.com. Subtle is S-U-B-T-L-E, by the way. Not settle, S-E-T-T-L-E. It's S-U-B-T-L-E. <laughs> yes. Subtle. Subtle. Su- okay. Subtle. Yeah, subtle. we'll add that in the show notes for you guys. Perfect. Awesome. As always, um, great having you, Nelson. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want you know, send us feedback, like, subscribe, send reviews. We love it. Thanks, guys. See you next time. See you next time. Yo, you made it to the end. You're one step closer to changing your mindset, discovering your true potential. If you like what you heard, share our podcast and leave us a review. Send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Catch you next week.